This week on Thinking Inside the Box, it's trains, bulldozers, and AI oh my in 4x4 Evo 2, so buckle up for the wild ride. Alright, welcome everyone. First episode. Really excited to be here. Really excited to kick this off with our first game. Uh, definitely been dreaming about doing this for a little bit now. Finally got to the point to where we can record and start publishing. Yeah, that's definitely been something we've been looking forward to for quite a while. We're hoping we can do some good for the community and uh, we thank you guys for listening with us. Absolutely. Uh, shout out to the Xbox community for all the advances that they've made for sure uh to bring all this together uh it's going to be a wild ride oh yeah and definitely uh we got quite the lineup uh, what was our total uh game count uh, 864 u.s titles yeah that's quite the list and uh you know being fans of the original xbox this is something that we hope goes down in history as a monument in its history absolutely uh, this is your comprehensive in-depth completely on its own guide going completely through the library you won't get anything like this anywhere else nope there's not a single podcast out there that does this this is going to be great we're so happy to have you guys here with us so thank you for listening and enjoy want to kick us off with the first game yeah so our first game is 4x4 Evo 2. Uh, you got any information for us? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, <clears throat> this game right here is one of the launch titles that came out with the original Xbox. It was released November 14th, 2001. Uh, the developer was Terminal Reality. Publisher was Gathering, or known as God Games. Uh, the General features are single-player, multiplayer. It's uh, rated E for everyone, and it's a driving, racing, rally off-road. Uh, it was released on the Dreamcast, Macintosh, Windows PC, PlayStation 2, and the Xbox. And I uh, believe on the GameCube 2, correct? Yes, that is correct. All right. So, from what I can see here, uh, 4x4 Evo 2 is a sequel to the 2000 release 4x4 Evo. The game's very similar to its predecessor, but now it appears on the newer platforms and has more trucks and many more tracks. The trucks in this game are licensed likenesses of trucks you may see driving down the streets of suburban America. You can purchase a truck in career mode and then trick it out with custom parts to turn it into an off-road monster. The career mode from 4x4 Evo is again the main focus of 4x4 Evo 2, this time, crazy missions provide for an alternative to the races found in the rest of the game. For example, you may find yourself using your truck to track down lost gold or locate misplaced outhouses. <laughs> now, we can look into the developers and publisher of this game. The uh, developer is Terminal Reality Incorporated. Uh, Terminal Reality is a development and production company based in Texas, USA, found in Founded in October 1994 by Mark Randall and Brett Combs. And Randall previously worked on the Bruce Artwick Organization Limited on flight simulator games. And Combs was the formerly the general manager of Mallard Software. 
Uh, Terminal Reality uh, went out of business in December 12, 2013. And now we're going to move on to the publisher of the game, which is Gathering of Developers, or God Games. And they uh, been found. They were founded in January 1998. They are a Texas-based publisher founded by Mike Wilson and Harry Miller. Take-Two Interactive bought the company in May of 2000, and the founders of their Texas operation left the company in August of 2001 after shipping their biggest game ever, Max Payne. Take-Two uh, continued to ship titles under the Gathering banner until 2004, when they consolidated the labels to Rockstar Games and 2K Games. That's pretty interesting. You know, there's... We had quite the... Uh, uh, quite the teams working on this game. You know, Take Two, a pretty big banner. Oh, yeah. So, now we're going to take it away into the... Uh, the main main features of the game. Uh, or, or main menu, I should say. So, Executor, do you have anything to say on this segment? Yeah, the main menu of the game. Uh, starting out, it's pretty simple. You got your standard multiplayer, race mode, and free roam and missions. Uh, it's laid out pretty nicely. Um, I like the layout of the game. Uh, there's a lot of other things that are definitely intricate into the the main menu part, um, you can you can even go down to washing your vehicle. Uh, but we'll focus on the, the main features, the things that you see right when you get in. You'll have uh, not only quick race, as they would call it, you have time attack, like I said, free roam. Um, when you get into the, uh, the career area, you can select between your garage, shopping, racing missions. Uh, missions are pretty cool. We uh, spent a lot of time playing the missions area. Uh, racing is, oh boy, we'll get, <laughs> we'll get into the racing part soon enough. But uh, there's not too much to go over on the main menu part. It's, it's pretty much what you would see in most games when you first get into it. Um, you want to talk about the missions? Now it's time for the X-Ray where we dive into the main features and in-depth gameplay. Yeah, we can. I'll talk about that. So, the missions, uh, they're a part of the career mode. Uh, the career mode is the main focus of, you know, this game. It's very, it's very different uh, what they said from the original title to this game. With the missions, you have to accept a job to embark on an adventure mission. Successfully completing an adventure mission uh, will earn you cash. At the outset of each mission, you'll be given a mission briefing, objectives, and a map. And you're supposed to check the map carefully, and it will give you clues as to where the objective is in relation to where you're starting. In addition to the mission objective, uh, there's other areas of the map you can explore. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but that's missions uh in a uh in a gist okay okay um next i'll talk about the uh shopping area where you can buy your cars when you open that up you have a choice of 115 cars i think it was 
I think that sounds about right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, you've got Chevrolet, Dodge, GMC, Infiniti, Jeep, Lexus, Mitsubishi, Nissan, Toyota. It's a very good selection and um, the best they have to offer for the off-road section. I, I think they did a good job with uh, the models of these vehicles as well. And um, what we discovered while playing, we went to uh, buy the vehicles and what we noticed when we went to uh, purchase our first car was that the pricing was kind of kind of odd, you know. And we we took and we thought this looks like MSRP. So I remember I searched um, one of the cars that I was going to buy, and MSRP was basically spot on uh, within a couple hundred dollars. It, it's not the same exact features and options, but it was pretty much period spot on which I thought was really cool. So it's, it's a detail that I haven't really paid much attention to in other games. And I thought it was pretty cool that they would go that far to have like the, uh, the MSRP values of these vehicles with their trim levels uh, included in the game. Yeah. Um, definitely a vast vehicle selection. And uh, they did the research on prices. Oh, yes. Uh, the, the vehicles in the game we chose for our first car, um, uh, yeah, I believe you chose a 2000 Tacoma extra cab two wheel drive, which was only 14,000 and you start out with $30,000 cash to buy your first vehicle with, but, uh, you wanted to see, uh, one thing in particular for yourself. Can you explain that? Yeah. So I decided to purchase the cheapest vehicle. Uh, the game had to offer, and the reason why I do that is because that offers your the player more customization off the get-go in terms of what you can buy for your vehicle, and it also gives you a much more a much more difficult challenge when you're actually trying to compete in these in this career. Now. Unfortunately, you know, there's not really much you can do in terms of the career mode that kind of limits you to uh, as like a racers. You know, there's no penalties for failing. So really it doesn't just it just takes you longer to get so, you know, set up with a two-wheel drive car versus a four-wheel drive. So yeah. that's why I chose that Tacoma. You uh you learned the hard way with a two wheel drive off the get go. Uh, I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> and I, I experienced it firsthand when I reloaded the game on a different save to see for myself. Just starting out with two wheel drive with the way that the AI responds in this game is it's almost a lost cause. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, it's it's uh, a very fun uh, experience when you test uh, your vehicles in the racing mode because you have it's like you're going up against the craziest rubber banding ever there's yeah. no way to potentially win really in a fair fight because no matter what they either catch up to you or you're lagging behind and they let you catch up to them but they never really get you to they let you pass them no, that's not happening. <laughs> no, no, and it makes it even harder to pass them with the uh, the terrible collision de uh, detection, or however it's set up. 
with this game with uh how no matter what you have you could you can have the monster truck in this game with 2250 or so horsepower barreling down the road 30 feet taller than the rest of these stock looking trucks out here and i'll tell you what you, you hit one of these at 100 miles an hour and it's doing 40 you're going to be doing 40 as soon as you touch it uh we had that first world experience right there um going down the track we we played separately on our consoles and we were just getting manhandled by them still it uh, doesn't seem to have a sense of physics and uh when you're next to the trucks you're either getting pushed away or like uh bounced away or you're getting shoved back whenever you're coming up on one of them uh it happened quite often and it was very irritating uh to have like a, a small edge come out of a corner faster than someone else and you barely touch them and you're not only slowed down by like five miles an hour but you're also bumped back behind them when you were clearly about to pass uh, we experienced that on our one race i can't remember what championship that was i think it was the championship uh, eliminator um that you do to uh, be able to join a team so that you can buy a special thing. And I think we did that just so that we could buy the monster truck because you have to be signed or you have to join a team in the game, uh, which you'll see is they put it in uh, parenthesis and the team name is in those parentheses as to what allows you to buy a specific thing. You have to be a part of that team in order to purchase that item, which I thought was kind of neat. Yeah. Uh, the Let's go into a little bit of depth here about the uh, career in terms of like what what are the, what is available. So, in the career mode, um, as we explained, you have no vehicle when you start. You have thirty thousand dollars. Right. You must buy a stock car and compete in races to earn more cash. Uh, you use cash prizes to purchase trucks and upgrade performance parts to customize them. So, and then you have the subsections in the career. There's uh, more menu options once you go into the career. And you have the garage, which allows you to view the vehicles you have bought and customized and see which races you've completed and install and or remove the parts that you purchased through the shopping menu from your vehicles. You can change your vehicle. You can uh, look at vehicle statistics which was always fun to do, especially after you bought parts. You know, see how much power you added. You look at your engine, uh, your torque. I think uh, uh, half the time it was pretty disappointing. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's very, very you know, limited uh, in terms of you had the so you know a little bit of money spent it. You thought maybe you'd get a little bit of money. Uh, money's worth on the. Uh, uh, the part you bought, but usually it's very minor. Your parts are giving you only like less than 5% increases. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed on the four cylinders, uh, specifically whenever you upgraded those with more performance parts, maybe a stage two or stage three setup, it was just barely cracking the surface on maybe a, a V8 vehicle uh, that was stock. Yeah. It was, it, it had its moments where it uh, you didn't really get real big power until you were late game, for sure. Uh, other things you can look at here are your career statistics, which shows you all the races and shows uh, 
uh, which ones you have completed. Uh, shows how many parts you've purchased. Uh, and then you can change your profiles. Uh, and you can also wash your vehicle. Now, it claims that when you wash your vehicle, it actually costs money. But I did not notice that. That it seemed to not change uh, how much money you actually were uh, you had. So I think that's just a, a feature that didn't actually get pulled at last minute. Maybe. Maybe that was the case. You're probably right. It seemed like it didn't really do anything. It's just, what did the screen do? It just faded out, really, and then came back, and you had no really no real indication whether or not it had been washed or it had completed washing. Yeah, it just says your card's washed, uh, fades in and out, and tells you it's done. And I thought I saw what appeared to be like water spots on the floor underneath the vehicle. You mm-hmm. can definitely tell if the if the car was if your truck was dirty, like especially real dirty. If you let it go long enough, uh, you could definitely tell it got clean. But as far as we know, you know there there's no like actual gameplay element to where it's detrimental for you to have a dirty truck. Uh, so. I mean, you can let it go all you want. It's just a cosmetic appearance type thing. And you're always going to get the truck dirty no matter what. So that's sort of a personal uh, thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, kind of chop that up as uh, kind of like having to pretend that it happened in a way, you know. Um, like we were saying, how we were upset after playing this that we didn't have it as kids. And some of these elements you kind of just have to pretend like it's happening when you can't actually see it. It's stuff that's missing from the game, but the function is still there or the text is still there saying that you're actually doing it. Uh, kind of if, when we get into the missions, uh, what we were talking about a little bit further with that too, uh, how you just kind of have to pretend that whatever's happening is actually happening. Yeah. That's a, it's a very toy box experience. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing you can do in the garage is sell your vehicle, which uh, you can sell your vehicles. When you sell them, you're selling them with the parts you purchased. There's no way, none of the parts you purchased are transferable. So as you, even if you remove all the parts off your vehicle, you can't sell it and make profit uh, off of the vehicle, off the vehicle alone. You have to sell it with all the parts included. And it raises your value tremendously, but you're never going to get what you paid for, obviously. That's how any game's going to work. So moving on is the shopping menu, which allows you to buy new vehicles and parts to upgrade the performance of the vehicle. The vehicle section, uh, there are nine manufacturers. There's over 100 vehicles to choose from. And that's all in your quest to become the off-road champion. Uh, the parts menu, in order to buy parts, you must first own a vehicle, after which you may choose to upgrade your vehicle any way you want. There's nine different part categories to choose from. You have appearance, brakes, chassis, drivetrain, electronics, engine, lights, suspension, and tires. So there's quite, and there's, there's a huge list underneath one of those. I think it's under the engine that has the most uh, parts available, if I'm not wrong, because you've got the the tiered stuff, which is like your um, your sport, street, and I think there's another tier above that, race, 
And then after that, you've got like the experimental or whatever they called it, uh, parts that you can add. All right. So I was wrong. Uh, there actually was just sport tier, racing tier, and then prototype, which prototype is uh, prototype is only available if you are joined to a specific team after doing like the sponsorship elimination race. So yeah, you get three different tiers of engine upgrades. And what's really cool is the detail that's added in that on top of it is like another level of detail where the, the engine upgrades have a corresponding upgrade that unlocks them, which has a real world element to it. Whereas like if you wanted to do a dino tune, uh, level two, level one, level three or whatever, you can only do that once you have gone and bought the tunable ECU upgrade and so on. Like the, it's just really neat detail that they added where it was like real world stuff, like uh, how you've got to upgrade your fuel pump to handle the extra horsepower of the upgrades that you're trying to put on. So you can't put those upgrades on until you've upgraded the fuel pump to handle the extra fuel that it's going to need to burn in order to have that extra power. This is a really cool thing. And I like seeing that level of detail and I've never actually seen that explained or put as a prerequisite kind of step in a game ever. So I really like that as a takeaway. Yeah. The parts were a very fun aspect of shopping for your vehicle. I enjoyed that uh, process of selecting the perfect upgrade you needed to be able to make your vehicle faster and have more horsepower, more torque, than it had before yeah uh there's and uh, yeah as we said you know we had you have nine part categories there's not very many games that have a uh, huge separation lists like that it's, especially with the how large and dynamic they get uh right, right. The, the appearance section uh really had uh Exterior, you know, exterior items make your vehicle look better. Sometimes it mostly had effect on your aerodynamics and weight. Right. Uh, the and then you can also add like winches to your truck, which was yeah. really only primarily used. I've never seen that in a game, but uh, but like you can only use the winch in like mission mode. Yeah, but I mean, the winch was, in my opinion, truly a. Uh, revolutionary feature even though it didn't do much and it wasn't really all that necessary i guess to completing the game it was cool and once again you know i think we've covered this uh it, it appealed to our inner child in a way yeah yeah definitely it definitely was a nice kind of direct upgrade that you could get and that you just had to have it you had to buy it no matter what yeah and there there were so many winches to choose from a lot there was a lot and it all was based on pole weight right i really liked that um you know it had a it had a lot that was stuffed into it it's just execution wasn't exactly there yeah uh after the appearance section we have the break section which, mm -hmm. yeah, the brakes helped you improve your vehicle stopping performance. You know, it 
Very simple. And there was quite the yeah. list of uh, brake performance parts that were really realistic. So that was also something I really liked as well. Yeah, and then they, they went in order too, like the the brakes, you know, carbon metallic and um, so on and material type uh, carbon rotors, <laughs> even like these these weird water-cooled prototype brakes. Um, really neat stuff. I, I really enjoyed the customization there too. Yeah. Uh, next section was our chassis, the which uh, improved the chassis of the vehicle, including weight reduction. You'd have weight reduction packages, levels one and two, I believe. And then you could also uh, buy a part that allowed you to uh, stiffen your chassis to improve the handling, such as suspension parts and things like that. Well, actually, no, suspension is another whole category, but the chassis, yeah. yeah. Wasn't there like something that we found with the weight reduction that was really funny? Um, I thought there was something with weight reduction that was like, you, yeah, yeah, it was uh, install weight reduction. <laughs> yeah, you install the wording. <laughs> the wording was a little uh, what? <laughs> we never talked about this yet. Was their descriptions that they had for each of these parts? It actually would sit there and tell you exactly what that thing you were doing was actually going to do. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to install the uninstallation of my seats. Yeah. <laughs> Change my uh, my my windows to a poly uh, carbonate uh, window, or <laughs> you know, yeah. There are several yeah. several things it did. So with after the chassis, you have the drivetrain. Uh, the drivetrain can you know contain parts uh, that improve traction of your vehicle and the top speed or acceleration. Those were mainly I'm trying to remember what the drivetrain parts. There was very few selection on the drivetrain, if I remember. On the drivetrain, like, like would have been like tunes. That would have been the tunes. No, that's engine. As far as a drivetrain went, um, if you don't have it pulled up, I got it pulled up. Uh, you could do modifications to the differential and um, the transmission mainly uh, from aluminum drive shafts, uh, lightweight rate reduction kind of stuff, and um, a focus on speed and, uh, I guess, a pretend level of reliability. You had uh, your racing gear and pinion set. And it gave you the ability to adjust um, your acceleration and your gear ratio uh, with the, I think it was the gear race, the race gearbox that did that. Um, you also had like a light wheel flywheel, lightweight axle girdle, which was like protective. And as the damage is purely not even a, an element of the game, you know, it is... Once more, I just add another level of that pretend nature uh, to the game where it made you think that you were actually doing something that you really weren't to the vehicle. Um, it did have a you know an effect of the mass vehicle in a way. There was there was definitely a uh, a mass change where like a part made it heavier or something made it lighter. But as far as aesthetically. It, it didn't change the look of the vehicle in any way. 
you didn't notice that and it didn't help it you know not get damaged anymore or damaged any less there was no damage um you know modeling done to the the cars so you could you could run into a wall at 100 and nothing would happen to the truck yeah and you could definitely <laughs> you could definitely do some pretty unrealistic uh physics collisions yeah so it makes me think this game is much more of an arcade type game with yeah, 100%, elements mixed 100%. into it. 100%. So it, it was is like, a, a own ver it's a very unique arcade game. Yeah, cuz it, it was like it took arcade seriously. And I don't know how I can explain that any better. Yeah, I don't know. Uh it was it was very arcadey in how it controlled and played, but when it got down to customization and manufacturers and sponsorships and stuff like that it was a serious game it had all the details laid out if you didn't know anything about a vehicle by the end of this game if you really got into it and read and and actually took from what the explanations told you what stuff was about and how it worked and what it did you would know a little bit more than you did about a vehicle or cars in general by the time you were done playing this game it did a good job with that uh, what's so, the next category in the parts? The next part is the electronics, which is the electronic parts that improve engine performance of the vehicle, like your ignition oh. systems and your custom ECUs yeah. for fuel injection. That That's uh, the ECUs, what I was talking about, where it was a prerequisite. So you had to buy the ECU, the, the tuned ECU or whatever before... You could actually, or the programmable, the programmable EFI was what it was, I think, that allowed you to do a, a dyno tune and so on. Yeah. Uh, the uh, next section uh, category was the engine, which has the most in it. Uh, the engine is the mechanical parts you can purchase. It improves engine performance. Your typical upgrades are your exhaust, uh, ported cylinder heads, cold air intakes, etc. There was tons of options. Tons of options. Right. I, I kind of went over those a little bit too, uh, rambling about the different tiers of engine upgrades and how you acquire like the top tier of upgrade being the prototype. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, after the engine, we have a light section, which lights you added to your vehicle improved uh, your ability to see on tracks, especially when it was foggy. It actually did, it did have an effect. If you didn't have a maxed out to your light system and you went onto a foggy style racetrack, oh. You were pretty much boned because there was no way you could see. It It, it was very limiting in vision. It, you could almost, you if you didn't know the track, you were, you were basically going to be in trouble. So lighting system was very important. Uh, the suspension systems, they improved the handling and ground clearance, which you could buy 14-inch lift. Up to 14-inch lift uh, kits for your trucks. <laughs> Friggin' monster truck. Oh, yeah. It was pretty... You know, that was pretty insane. You know, you would have these... You get the monster truck and lift it up all the way, and yeah. you'd uh, practically ramp 
out of the map above the heights of the uh of the track. <laughs> a fully modified monster truck, dude, with the suspension upgrades. If you caught a ramp just right, you were changing zip codes by the time you landed. Yeah, nothing nothing on the track was an obstacle with the monster truck. <laughs> except no. except like the actual static objects in the game. Right. Or or that, that train. Yeah. Train always gets you right there on the uh that, that train, was... yeah, it like trumped all. It didn't matter what it was. You're stopping now. <laughs> so um, after suspension, we have the last category, which is tires, which uh, improves traction and the ground clearance. So you could buy bigger, bigger wheels, bigger uh, tires as well. Uh, I think you and... could go up to a 37 inch. Um. Was... Uh, you could you could go up to a thirty eight inch, thirty eight inch. Yep, that's yeah. one of those. And Which, uh, yeah, these these tires you could buy, you could buy bigger size tires as well as um, tires specific to whatever type of terrain you're trying to race on. Whether it be, you know, like off road only, a mix of both off road and on road swampy terrain muddy dirt and then you also had your snow and these tires were they were stupid crazy as far as price goes i know we talked about how like you know msrps of the the trucks were pretty much spot on these tire prices not even close i mean uh <laughs> to put it in consideration um you know you're better off buying a house than the uh the top level of tire and it was definitely done for balancing reasons. Oh yeah, you know they they didn't want people just out there. I mean, eighty thousand dollars for a set of thirty eight inch tires and our thirty eight inch wheels. Come on, uh, <laughs> it just got a little crazy. A lot of the upper, you know, the top tier stuff costs way more than it should. So that's the rundown of all the parts. So that whole shopping section, that was, it's a huge part of the game. It's, you'll spend a lot of time upgrading your vehicle in between racing and yeah. uh, missions if uh, you go that route. So I guess now we can get into the racing itself. Uh, so for racing, this is fun. <laughs> yeah, we have four different types of races to compete in and earn money. Yes. You can have series, and then you have qualifying events and team. And then there's some events that have certain requirements before you're allowed to compete in them. So you have series, which are competitions where the player competes in several, race, several races for an overall series championship. The player receives money based on their finishing position in each race. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have qualifying events, which oh. are special races that are uh, contain only a single race. And most oh, series so. races... Well, what was that? <laughs> Let's just say real quick, you better like have a... <laughs> you better like placing sixth every race until you get good yeah. at this game. Series racing, uh, I mean, thank God, they made it so... Even if you lose, you can replay the event once you're done. But you have to replay it in order that the uh, 
the whole championship or rounds go because it's set up just like a tournament style racetrack where you have to play through a set list of tracks and it's always the same. It's the same weather. It's the same AI, you know, well, not AI, but the name changes, but (laughs) it's relatively, you got it. You're in the same kind of situation each time. Unless you have a very fast car and you've played this game a lot, to the point where you're probably got at least a hundred thousand dollar truck, mm-hmm. you won't be doing really much against the AI because they're just so there's they get so out of hand. There's but, a lot of tracks too. There's like what thirty tracks. Mm-hmm. And so, we only played probably half of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it takes a lot of playing to progress to the point of probably being able to have been on every track because, like. You know, 30 tracks doesn't seem like it would be that hard to play all of them in a full playthrough. We spent a lot of time playing, and like you said, we touched maybe half the tracks. Some of them we played in multiplayer together. Uh, you know, we had never even played before, but they were fun. They were definitely fun. There was a lot of fun. But uh, you were saying? So with the qualifying events, it's a special race. It contains only a single race, so this is... It's kind of a fun thing to do. It's based on the vehicle you're driving, really. Uh, so, so you have a qualifying event. And in order, these qualifying events, they set you up for usually some type of uh, prerequisite for, say, a series racing title. So, like, if you try to do a series title, you have to win uh, a qualifying event before you can play it in the series. So that's sort of like a little side objective you can do is try to do the qualifying events. But I warn you, uh, it's it's extremely difficult to win some of these. It's there even though they're single race, it's still it, it's still extremely hard. Uh, oh, yeah. After that, the last section is the team section, which Ew. if you build a big enough reputation <laughs> as an off road racer, you could be invited. To try out for a spot on a racing team. So you have a reputation system with the teams. And the way you gain reputation is when you win races. Even if you get sixth place. It seems like it's based on some type of point system. Whereas at, even if you win sixth place. Over time you're going to gain points for each of these teams. Based on the vehicle you're driving. So you'll have a higher chance uh, of being on a Toyota team. If you're driving a Toyota vehicle. Right. Whereas, just as you go on through time, even though you drive that Toyota vehicle, if you don't decide to be on their team, you could just keep racing and racing, and eventually the other teams will start to notice you. And once you have the ability to race and try out for their team, you have to have a vehicle owned by that team in order to participate in their team challenge. Yeah. So, uh, each team, you would have... It's always a elimination lap style race. So you have to do at least, it's always six uh, places in every race for the Xbox. Yep. So you have to do five laps and get first before you can join the team. That's, and what's fu- that's actually exciting. Um, the elimination's probably the most fun. Uh, the lap races... I, I didn't get much enjoyment out of 
it kind of felt like a chore. But the elimination, that just, I don't know, that had a different kind of feel to it, especially when we played side by side uh, in the same exact challenge to unlock the monster truck so that we could play with it. That was, uh, you know, I got my heart rate up a little bit. I got I got really into it. You know, it was, it was fun. It, it engaged me quite a bit. And uh, I wouldn't mind, you know, reliving that experience. So that kind of creates a little bit of a replayability factor for me to go back into it. Just because I, I like that competitive aspect of the elimination. Yeah, that was definitely a really fun feature. I agree. Because... That was the only way you could play an elimination lap was through the team section. It was mm-hmm. not available in the rest of the game. Only in the team section. And, of course, you know, it had its perks because uh, you could play, let's say, multiple teams. You could buy multiple cars, and you could do a couple teams. Now, you can't join the other teams without quitting another team. So, like, you have to only choose one team. Yeah, but there were some instances where I bought two vehicles. I did each team's uh, their you know their I did their team race to win and get on their team, right? And once I did that, I had access to the old team's parts still, and then I also got the new team had you their their unique. Uh, shopping or their the parts you could buy for the car. I'm telling you, man, I would have loved to, and I might I might revisit to do it. Um, but I would have loved to have had all the parts unlocked so that we could have like maximum horsepower. Just see how far it, the horsepower envelope could get pushed, and how fast these trucks could accelerate and go in a straight line. Just to just to have an idea, because the, we got the monster truck up to. Uh, I, I got it up to 2,200 and some horsepower and you got yours up to 1,999. So there's definitely even more potential room because I didn't have the twin turbo upgrade or like the, the team supercharger upgrade. Uh, so I'm sure like, you know, who knows how much more horsepower could get squeezed out and how much faster those things could get when they were already ridiculous. Yeah. And I did notice playing, play testing it that, you could only keep the parts if you put the parts on in between switching teams. So you have to keep one vehicle and then switch to it, put the part on and then switch to uh, that specific next team in order to keep the part. Cause once you lost a team, there were certain instances where you got on a team and let's say there was two teams that had two engine parts. Well, or, you know, not two, but you had one that had one engine part and the one that had a little bit more expensive engine part yeah well because they're in the same category it sometimes it well every time that had the same category part it would lock the other team that you just had so you could no longer get it so that was a little disappointing if had i known that i would have to put the part on before uh like one particular vehicle that i was working on that i really wanted it for and then move or move move on to the next team yeah so that is the team section. That was a big drawback because, I, you know, like you said, you lose the part um, after you change teams or you lose whatever it was that you had unlocked to you after you change teams. 
you know, I, I like I'm a strong believer of once it's unlocked, it should be unlocked forever. And this game did not agree with that one bit. But at least you could keep what you had added as far as parts goes. Um, that was nice. I'm not sure. What about vehicles that were specific to teams? Were you able to keep those as long as they were in your garage? Yeah, yeah. You... As long as you as long as you purchase them, you had them. Okay. It's the okay. same thing as the parts. So with the team section wrapped up, we have the mission section. We'll cool. go over that real quick. Yeah. Uh, so the missions part, we have jobs that you could uh, embark on as an adventure mission. Yes. When you completed the adventure missions, there's five missions per map. And there's five. I think there was six maps, six maps total. So you had a total of 30 missions you could complete. And you, mm. when you completed them, you earned cash. At the end, you know, you had a mission briefing, objectives. It had a story it tried to tell as sort of a way to keep your interest. But I almost never read them. Uh, I just kind of just played the map because it really didn't matter. It was right. So some of it was a little silly from what I remember, but it was, I I appreciated that, you know, that once again, that level of detail, they kind of, you know, threw that extra little bit of lore, I guess, into the game. And I respect them for that. And that's one thing that I strive to do in games that I play is like, you know, I think about it from a creator standpoint, the people that made the game put the effort into it to add uh, whatever they, they put into it for the person who discovers it to read, whether it's, you know, a, a book page long or not, I like to just read it just because, you know, it's, it's kind of paying homage in a way to them actually adding that and putting that in the game. So whenever I ran across something, I liked to read it. I think I did read a couple things that, um, when I read them out loud, while we were cluing our playthrough and talking amongst ourselves, you were kind of like, Oh, well, I, I didn't read that. And I was like, you know, we kind of liked what we read, I guess, or what I read. Um, that was kind of special. Yeah, it was, it was definitely nice. Uh, once you re- you know, figured out how the maps worked, yeah. that if you did read the objectives, you could understand each map sort of had a purpose. It was a linear sort of style play. It had a little story for each map. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. Now, we had six maps to play off of. Mm-hmm. And you didn't unlock, you had to unlock uh, some of them. Like, the light, you only had three available from the get go. So, you had right. to unlock them through specific missions that you completed throughout the other maps. What were the three that we had from the get go? You had Alaska, you had El Norte, and Obstacle Park. Yep, yep. And the other three that were unlockable were, I don't remember what order specifically, but I believe it was next. River. Riverside. And then think, yeah. Washington and then Park. Skull Island. And Skull Island was the last one? Uh, Washington Park was the last one. Oh, okay. But Skull Park, yeah, that was the fifth one. It's kind of hard to say to some of these because you got two that are park. <laughs> I think you're always calling Skull Island Skull Park or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very hard names to pick out of. Yes. So that's the missions section. And, of course, that also, I recommend, gives you the most. And since you're just kind of going up against, you don't have AI, 
I would rev- heavily recommend if you want cash very fast, do missions first. Yes. You won't regret it. And when you complete a map, once you've done all five missions, they actually get put into the free roam uh, mode from the main menu. So, um, what about secrets? Well, well, we'll go into that in just a second, actually. Okay. okay. Um, next, let's uh, talk about the controls. What do you think of the controls? Controls? Um, pretty intuitive. Uh, I found them at times to not be very responsive. Maybe it was my controller. I, I do use one of the um, wireless Logitechs, whereas you use a, a wired S-type controller. So maybe it was maybe, maybe it was just on my end. Um, at times, a little overly responsive. But once again, maybe it was my controller. Either way, the features of the controllers were pretty cool, I thought. Um, the ability to switch from... Uh, the the oh man I'm butchering this the ability to switch the um, the uh, four wheel drive yeah being four wheel low four wheel high and two wheel or four wheel switching back and forth from those was pretty cool and intuitive I thought uh, didn't really have that kind of option in game on the fly that I have ever really experienced. Um, especially in something this early, it's always ever been, you know, you have to choose it in the menu and it's final, whether you get four wheel drive or you get two wheel drive. And there is no four low or four high that I've ever remembered having as a feature to switch between. So that was kind of neat. The camera controls, it was nice that you could at least adjust what camera appeared per button press instead of having just a set amount of cameras because the cameras sucked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the cameras were terrible. Uh, it was kind of hard to find a camera to stick with. You kind of had to, for, I mean, for me, I, I, I kind of like had to change the camera multiple times during a race uh, just to kind of keep up with the game and not mess up in certain areas. But yeah, as far as that went, it was it was whatever. The the sticks, being able to use the one stick for throttle, uh, was pretty cool. Um, you know, I I do have sometimes my my index finger my, for braking or using it for the uh, the gas can become a little um, exhausted from playing or start to go numb. Uh, I do like the ability to use the thumbstick I would, but I would kind of rather have a uh, a non-centering camera, one that you could just adjust anywhere you wanted with that stick instead, I would trade that for that, so for that I kind of I take away some points I would, I would say uh, later on for that but overall controls were pretty good what's your thoughts? the controls they were yeah like you said i agree 100 percent. it was nice and some really cool features uh, with the s controller that we had this game when it came out the duke controller was the, the fall. Yeah. yeah so some of the controls like the where the white and the black buttons are it sometimes was easy to accidentally hit them yeah and unfortunately for me that would happen in the middle of a race. And the, what the white <laughs> button does is reset your vehicle. 
and it resets it to the last checkpoint you crossed. Right. So if you cross, if you were near a checkpoint when you were in the race, if you hit the white button, it would take you all the way back. Usually that meant sixth place, even though that's probably where you were in the first place. But <laughs> right. Yeah. So it did have in uh, pretty cool features though. You had a dual ex- uh, drive system control where you could use the triggers, or if you really, if you wanted to, you could use the right thumbstick. Mm-hmm. As your acceleration or deceleration. Uh, you had a handbrake, which was the X button. And then you had manual control with the A and B. With uh, B being shift up, A shift down. Yeah, Why was I, your I view change? Yeah. And then your D-pad was your transmission shift. Uh, you also had your in-game menu, which allowed you to change uh, certain settings you had to press start in the million in the middle of your mission or your race and you could turn on like driver names or change your gauge style so that it was uh, digital or you could change your views as well if you didn't like your camera uh your three default camera views i wanted to add the driver names definitely i suggest turning them on it definitely makes the game a little bit more humorous and it alleviates some of the rage that will be induced by the extremely difficult AI. Um, you can at least poke fun at the names that they creatively came up with for each driver that do change per race. So um, I would definitely just highly recommend um, enabling racer names during uh, races. <laughs> if you don't see those names uh, during the race, when you could uh, change them or toggle them, they will be at the end when they finish the map. Uh, when you finish your race, you can actually yeah. see like who won first, second, third. And the uh, images for each racer. <laughs> must have been like some developer photographs or something. More than my guess. That's yeah. usually how it goes. Right, right. They they use their own faces as like, uh, you know, the the texture for a, a, a human model or something like that. So you're probably not far off. I bet that's what it is. So now, get ready for X marks the spot, a yes. comprehensive look at game secrets and Easter eggs. So here for 4x4 Evo 2, All right. we have a couple options here for secrets. The first one is the missions mode. In the missions mode, when you complete them, uh, before you move on to the next mission, you can actually see an overview of the mission, how much money you've earned. And they said they're secrets. So, of course, you ask, where are these secrets? Well, it's probably going to be very difficult for you to find on your own. Back then, when the internet wasn't highly available, people probably drove themselves nuts trying to find these secrets. Literally. They are spread out out very, very vast and different. And each map's different. Yes. And each each mission in the map's different. But each map has their own... I uh, personal loot secret. So the model is always the same for each map. They're just spread out in different locations. So, and they also have set up like each certain mission always has the same, like based on the map, the same amount of secrets, but they're just spread out in different locations. So it's always the same, but what about like Alaska having, 
like a doghouse with a totem pole in front of it versus other ones having a treasure chest. Yes. And a briefcase. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about that. Yeah, yeah. It, there was definitely a model, a lot of model differences between them. Yeah. So and uh, uh, excellent way to earn money. Oh yeah, it's like Alaska gave you like two thousand per secret that you found. Yeah, and that's worth it, especially because you know, there were some missions where you earned like forty thousand plus dollars. Yeah, it adds and up. That's especially a lot if, of parts. Um, you know, you had to spend your money on a vehicle that you didn't want, and you had your eye on one that was almost attainable, but it was just over that thirty thousand dollar. Um, amount that you get to start off with well here you go you can complete missions until you have enough money to buy the vehicle that you wanted sell the car you had to buy to you know it just to get to start the game and then there you go you you've got the ability to upgrade it a little bit and then get into races mm-hmm. yes so with these secrets i'm going to give you guys some links to yeah. help you find these secrets. I was going to say, way. luckily for everybody that's listening, we have links. So that it's not going to be hard to find what we're talking about. So the first website is evo2user.tripod.com. These and will some, be linked. Yes. Someone had made a website dedicated to just this game. And go in there, click on the mission maps, link on the left, and then you can see the six main maps for the missions. You click on them, and then they have a legend inside each of the maps, and they can tell you where to find each of the secrets, and you just use your contour map while you're playing to find them. The next is we have another secrets area, which if you go into the free roam mode, back out of the career mode, go into the free roam, yeah. If you go into each individual track, there's actually secrets inside these tracks where you can find treasure chests. As far as I know, they're all treasure chests. But there's no website regarding any information on where to find these treasure chests, but there is a YouTuber who made a series dedicated to finding these in through a walkthrough. So Right, right. His YouTube channel's name is CEO 100 able you can go on his webs uh his youtube channel uh he doesn't have a playlist set up but if you look up the 4x4 evo 2 treasure chest walkthrough you will find his channel and you can go through and see where exactly each the tracks i believe he made four total videos so just go ahead and check out his youtube and that should cover it for all the secrets awesome man so, now it's time for the X Games mode. Oh, boy. So, X Games mode. We're going to talk about our funnest time with the game. I would probably recommend either us playing multiplayer together with the fully modified <laughs> monster truck or when we um, played the exact same elimination round. When we were at our separate houses playing. Yeah. I'm not sure everyone can enjoy that exact same experience, though. So, I don't know. You can choose. Well, I would 
say for your local fun, if you have friend a friend over, you got two controllers, pop this game in, throw it into a quick race, and if you have a career setup with some nice vehicles, go ahead and load it up and uh, play against each other with some AI. It's it's a lot of fun. I would we suggest. Had, uh, uh, one thing real quick uh, for anybody in our modded community who has a uh, a loaded hard drive that might have trainers on it like we have. Uh, highly suggest if you want to enjoy multiplayer at the highest level without all the grind, you could also enable trainers that would have, you know, maximum money, everything unlocked and uh, create a single player profile with maybe a, a fully modified vehicle. And then uh, via multiplayer, you can choose to load that first player's profile. And uh, then you could choose the vehicles that were modified and race those, which would be a lot of fun. Like we enjoyed it. Definitely. That was probably uh, definitely our most fun. Uh, I would say going uh, into this, our, for me, I, I really definitely enjoy when we played side by side in theory. <laughs> yeah, the elimination the team. Yes, when we had the same going for the monster truck. Yeah, <laughs> we were in the same exact spots, roughly in the course. Like maybe like, I was twenty seconds or yeah. so behind you. Yeah, most of the race we were within uh, maybe a maximum of three checkpoints apart from each other, and that that changed rapidly. Sometimes you were half a checkpoint, one checkpoint, and then, like I said, upwards of three checkpoints. But it was it was intense. Like, I, I think I started to sweat a little bit around uh, lap, lap three and four and, and proceeded to sweat until the race was over. Yeah, it, it was definitely a very uh, <laughs> tight race. Oh, man. Because of AI, I mean, tell us what you think about the AI's rubber banding. Oh, dude, dude, it was, it was, it was atrocious. Um, you know, once you thought that you had enough time and enough room to, you know, take a deep breath and, and relax all of a sudden out of nowhere on your little mini map, here comes this stupid little arrow that you thought was gone and not coming back. And it, it's, it's coming up on you like double your speed. And all of a sudden, you know, you round a corner even if you execute it perfectly, like better than you've done three laps previous, these dudes will catch up to you and they'll give you a run for your money. Yeah, that's an understatement. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. But this is like where we learned how to manipulate the game in a way because of the, the terrible uh, collision programming of the game where the, uh, the AI could, bump you like they were a brick wall going down the road and you were just like a balloon or a, or a volleyball in a volleyball match uh compared to them you know we would just like get in front of them and go oh no you don't you know and they would just push us along the way instead of get in front of us which was which was excellent and definitely made it kind of hard to concentrate because we were laughing so hard at certain points oh my god yeah yeah that was definitely <laughs> I, it was a good laugh it was a good time so oh, yeah. now with this, we're going to go into our uh, let's get X rated mode. All right. So this is where we rank our game based on experience and gameplay. 
So, Executor, if you'd like to start first, give your scores. Sure thing. Sure thing. Um, on my scorecard, uh, we're going to start with graphics. Uh, for graphics, I gave it a five. Um, I can't go too harsh on it. It was a release title. Uh, they weren't really knowledgeable about the capabilities of the Xbox on release. I, I get that. This game was in development, you know, um, a long time before the games really caught up with what the Xbox could do. So, yeah, five seemed to be middle ground and a good place to put it, you know. Uh, I think it was just. Uh, next would be difficulty. I I rated it as a 7 out of 10. It was definitely a difficult game. It it will give you a run for your money every single time uh, that you race. AI, I rated it. I rated it incorrectly, but I, I just stuck with it. Just, you know, to learn in the future how I should rate things. Um, I, it was kind of an oversight on my end. Uh, AI being a nine was not meaning that it was good. Uh, AI being a nine was bad because the AI in this game is dumb, stupid, terrible. Uh, they will miss checkpoints. They will overshoot corners and perpetually be in last place. Because once you miss a checkpoint, if you don't circle back around and go through it the right way, you're never going to advance in the, in the rankings. You are going to stay in last place. And that's, a, that's something that happens. I got, we would wind up in fifth place at the end of a race only because one of the AI didn't hit a checkpoint. So, yeah, AI, I made it a nine, but that nine was meant for difficulty. But honestly, if I gave it a, a real score uh, correctly, I would give AI like a two. Single player, I gave an eight. It was it was diverse enough and fun enough to engage you. Um, if you got bored of something, you could continue playing. It wouldn't be that hard to, you know, go, oh, I don't want to race anymore. I'm tired of getting last place. Uh, so... I'm going to go play missions or I'm going to go do free roam and, and, you know, uh, see what that's about. Uh, so yeah, I, I felt eight was, was pretty good. It, it's got a lot going for it, especially with buying parts and the dynamics of that is it went into a lot of detail and I appreciate that multiplayer. I rated kind of low, uh, a four mainly because graphics and frame rate really suffer. Uh, in multiplayer just because of just the way it works multiplayer on the xbox never really was that strong for most games um but on this one it it definitely suffered it was good customization but ultimately it was it was just a little bit difficult to enjoy with the hardware not being able to keep up so yeah, four was pretty much what I thought. Design, design was really good. The models were were done well. Uh, the way that the game was laid out was done well. The features, uh, once again, knocked it out of the park with that. Uh, just everything all around, like the the design of the game as a whole was very good and and excellent in in the way that they designed the game. The execution, though. I'm still going to uphold my idea on that. The execution wasn't that great. So for that, as far as design goes, 7 out of 10 was my idea. Um, controls, I gave a 4. Um, 
I think it was a little bit unjust now after going through the game a little bit more. I had a better score than that. Uh, I think this is where I could have swapped AI for controls, where AI was a nine and controls was a four. I think I should have switched those two around if I gave it some more time. But standings are as they are. We're going to leave it where it is, and final score is final score. So, yeah, controls got a four, even though they were better than a four. Uh, features, eight for sure. Uh, definitely up there. I've already covered this many times with uh, everything that we've already talked about. Features, absolutely full of them. Um, and some stuff that I've never seen in any games up until recent times. So it, it definitely brought a lot to the table. And it, it did pretty well of having a lot to do and offer uh, as far as features go. So 8 out of 10 is where I'm at. Replayability, that's low. Um, the only reason why you'd go back to this game is maybe to do something quick and mindless with somebody for multiplayer's sake. Uh, if you got a friend over that enjoys video games as much as you do, and you know maybe maybe uh, enjoys racing games, sure. Uh, maybe to replay a mission or two. So the missions weren't bad. Um, otherwise, I don't really see a reason to play this game again once you've played it. It's kind of one of those you just forget about. And like I said, mindlessly just come back to soundtrack last, but not least, which could also be least, uh, was very generic, very forgettable, not much, you know, catchy, uh, tunes going on here. It was, it was pretty, pretty plain. Uh, it had a, had a theme to it, which kind of fit the game. Well, it was a little folky, a little, uh, outdoorsy, not really country, but it just felt like it fit the game to an extent. Uh, but overall, it's nothing really special in my opinion. So four is what I gave soundtrack. And uh, this all comes out to a total of 60, which gives this game, in my opinion, in my official ranking, a score uh, rating of a B. And uh, barely that, because B starts at 60 or more. So there's my official ranking. What you got? For my re review card, I, for graphics, chose a 6 out of 10. A 6 because the graphics were pretty much on par with most titles that were out that, you know, at that point. Mm -hmm. There were some, I think the best thing that was about the graphics was probably the trucks. They did a great job modeling the trucks, and for that is why I gave it a 6. Huh? For difficulty, I gave it an 8 out of 10, and this is because, as you mentioned, uh, it is very difficult to race in this game against AI because they just rubber band so badly that yeah. you're almost always in 6th place unless an AI makes a mistake. Yep. So for that to be in first place, it is pure skill and luck. And it's sort of like a salute to you if you can do it. Because I would say the 20 hours I played this game, I probably got first place within the last 
three hours is probably when the first time I ever did it. And I think by that time I had became, I was bored. <laughs> so the, it's kind of your, uh, your tit for tat. You, yeah. know, you can't really, can't really uh, put a weight on it. So for th- AI, I gave it a three out of 10. And this is because the AI is just, Absolutely dumb. You could tell it was developer programmed. Each track has a sort of line. Each car would travel. Yeah. It's very predictable. Very, very predictable. <laughs> and they would use shortcuts uh, very extensively, which you could use, like I said, you could use those shortcuts. It was nice to, to race and see how they worked. But oftentimes, these AI, they... Sometimes you'd hit them, and they'd hit objects. They'd hit a rock. It could be anything, and sometimes it was super detrimental to the AI, and sometimes you'd hit an AI car, and it was it's like hitting a brick wall. So with that, uh, I gave AI a 3 out of 10. For single player, I gave a 7 out of 10, and that's because... The game was made mostly for a single-player experience, and I think it has a lot of good content for a single-player game. This, uh, with the multiple areas you can go into right off the bat, uh, I think it had a lot of good uh, options. So the only downfalls I had with it were based on the fact that you had kind of limited options in career mode in terms of what you could do. And uh, you just sort of had like the same races against you just going around a a new different track. That's relatively it Mm -hmm. for multiplayer. I gave it a six out of 10 and that's because it's not as quality. There's not a quality there for single player as there is for multiplayer but there is some fun to it. You have that option, you know, the added fun of having someone there playing with you. Uh, but there is no customization in terms of vehicle play unless you had a profile in the career mode. There's no way you can get access to non-standard vehicles and have somewhat uh, like a control over it. So that that is why I gave multiplayer a 6 out of 10. Design got a 7 out of 10. And that was mainly due to how diverse the tracks were. The Each track had a different theme and it executed it pretty good. There was always some type of uh, obstacle in the course that usually stopped the AI from, you know, they give you the option to go past them, but then they would catch right back up. But there was always some type of fun with it, whether it was a train or a bulldozer. Or a, uh, oh, what else did we have? We had a pizza driver and a bus yeah. driver. Yeah. There were just some random things in the course. And always, there was always some type of uh, trigger going on. There was always something flying across the screen. Little, it's a, definitely an arcade game based on that, but it has its unique play. So that's why I gave Design a 7. Controls, I gave a 6 out of 10, and that's because the controls were substandard, but they had some cool features, mainly the switchable transmission. 
that was a really nice feature. And then you also had the winch feature, which if you press the black button, you could uh, winch onto a tree, especially in mission mode, where it was most helpful, where if you were stuck on a hill and you needed the extra uh, strength, you could hook onto a tree and get your truck up higher. So that's why I gave controls a 6 out of 10. With features, I gave it a 9 out of 10. I think this is the game's strongest category. Oh, yeah. That's because this is a feature-rich game. There is so much they packed into the game that I think that did really good for the game. It has single-player, multi uh, two-player mode. There's time attack, quick race. You have a extensive career mode of shopping and multiple vehicles. Uh, you had missions. You had secrets in the game that were fun to find. I think overall, this is a very feature-rich game. So, with that, I gave... That is why I gave features a 9 out of 10. Replayability, I gave it a 4 out of 10. And this is because... After I had played it almost 20 hours, I become I hit a brick wall. <laughs> and it's because I completed all the missions by that point. And at that point, you stop making a lot of money. When you stop right. making a lot of money, you get bored. Because guess what? Now to get parts, it's going to take... Hours and hours of getting sixth place <laughs> before you make any money. And sixth place, nine times out of ten, was like 150 bucks. You still want money, but you're just getting it's going to take too long to buy a ten thousand dollar set of parts, and you still have over half the parts still to uh, still to purchase. So, unfortunately, that is my only gripe with the replayability is that you just kind of hit a brick wall after a while, and really the only point of coming back like executor said is because you'd want to mess around in multiplayer or uh, maybe do a couple random things that you haven't done yet uh, soundtrack i also ranked this low uh gave it a three out of ten wasn't very memorable i almost hardly never ever heard it to be honest and it yeah it was very banjo-y very like a banjo was always playing in the song or some type of it almost made you think that you know yeah you're you're out there in the hills in the truck all right driving around trying to get from point a to point b but it didn't really suit the complete theme of the game entirely for my opinion it was like racing to a banjo didn't really feel right <laughs> but you know there's a little bit of a different soundtrack variations but overall not really that memorable. Be better off uh, downloading a CD you have to your Xbox console and playing uh, custom music. So, with that, we have a total of 59 out of 100, which ranks my game score for this a letter C. A high C effect. 59 is the top of the C grade. Very good. Very good. Uh, which, uh, funny enough, was uh, the exact same grade that Metacritic gave it in their uh, in their ranking or scoring of the game. Yep, I I was actually surprised myself to see that. Right, and honestly, I rated this as honest as I could possibly do it. I sat there and I literally thought about each of these features and and categories and 
I just spat the number out, and when it finally came up to that, I was surprised. I was yeah. like, that must mean I'm really good. And you you had a 60, so, I mean, that's also yeah. a point on. I I, so. I thought that your ranking was pretty well thought out. Um, you even mentioned some things that I forgot to cover when I was talking about um, my my scoring of the game, you know, the obstacles and all that. That really made the tracks unique, and uh, I appreciated that detail. That's uh, that's something it would add to replayability if you enjoy that kind of thing, which uh, ultimately really just made it harder to play because not only did the AI suck to play against, but you also had the tracks that were fighting against you as well. But uh, I still I, I kind of enjoy those kind of quirky additions. You know, it's not just like, oh, here we go over this jump. OK, we're taking a right. OK, we're taking a left. OK, it's a straightaway. No, you had planes flying over you had pizza drivers going down the road you had semi trucks on track on truck stop 101 uh going up and down the toll lanes you had that train going across the course on that one track in two different spots uh and then you had the bulldozer in salvage wasteland you know the corny named tracks the corny named uh ai drivers it, it was really well-rounded definitely i think it's a very deserving place in uh, the total scheme of things. Oh, yeah. Definitely for a launch title, I would say not many people have probably played this. I don't really know anyone personally that ever had this game. So and I wish see, I had it when I was a kid. Yeah, it would have been. Fun, <laughs> it would have definitely been fun to have have played. So yeah. with with that being said, you know, that's I think this will be a middle grade title for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah, this is definitely going to rank high when we start having our official listing um put up because we will be listing each game not only by our scorecard grade, which would basically be the official quality seal, I guess, of the game, being as we we will grade these games from an s class which is top tier to a b c d and then f which obviously would be the worst of the worst and uh we will uh not only rank these games by quality which would be the official ranking letter like i said but we will also be adding them to an official listing from one being best to 864 which i believe is um all the u.s release titles so 864 being the worst of the worst and so on. So I, I look forward to adding to our listing, which we're not going to officially start the listing right now. We will we'll start it with our next episode um, because we'll have more than one game. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so far hope... this game's in first. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and we hope that uh, we played. <laughs> we hope that our official rankings will serve as a, a really uh, in-depth and official guide on how good games are and uh hopefully spark interest in games that maybe some of you have never played um with that being said this concludes this episode um we would love to hear from you guys if you have any input or uh fond memories of this game if you have experience with it uh owned it as a kid or discovered it and enjoyed it whatever it may be uh write into us send us a message uh we'd love to hear from you about it uh next week's episode will be Air Force Delta Storm. Absolutely. Uh, looking forward to releasing the episode on that. Um, got a lot to say. And we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Until next time, we will see you in the next episode. 
Hello, loyal listeners. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, please consider becoming a supporter by going to our Patreon and pledging a couple bucks. Not only does this grant you exclusive access to early episodes and other content only available to supporters, but you also get to know you're making a difference by helping keep the lights on so that we can keep providing excellent content for you. Also consider joining the OG Xbox modding community on Facebook, where you can find anything you may need or want from the most trustworthy and quality forward bunch of innovators keeping this amazing console alive to today. You can also become a part of the action by submitting a game for us to review via five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you may listen. Consider liking and sharing our social media. You can find us on Twitter via our Twitter handle, ThinkBox Podcast, or Facebook at Thinking Inside the Box. You can also write into us via email at Thinking Inside the Box Podcast at Outlook.com. Until the next time, thank you for listening, thank you for your patronage, and we'll see you in the next one.